Rajiv Satyal. Welcome to episode of the Industry Show. And what are we doing? We are sitting down with Indian entrepreneurs because these people, these people, I'm going to say these people, it sounds like an out-of-touch politician. Right. These people are changing the world as we know it. <clears> and uh, no one more so than Don Ganguly. And he's sitting right here. He is the CEO of Home Union. We are in Irvine, California. We wanted to have the window open with the palm trees showing, but everybody was backlit and it wasn't really working out too well. And we're going to have people watching this on live stream, but as we were joking earlier, hopefully there actually aren't too many people because right. it's during the workday. So right. everyone from your company is watching and they're not doing any work. Yeah, you're killing some uh, productive time at our company. Thanks. But real wages haven't grown in 40 years, right? Yeah. We, we were already talking about this when we sat down. We got Thanks. right into it. We got into politics, got into real estate investing, so we have a lot to cover during Dr. this Dr. Sanders and Trump and... Already. All, he's, he's ready to go, so I, I, don't, I don't want to hold him back at all. And I do want to say happy uh, Bengali New Year. Yeah, thank you. Right? It's I also love, my birthday today. It's your birthday today? Yeah, so happy birthday to happy me. Happy 40th. Is yeah, that about right? That's about right. Yeah. I turned 40 last month, so let's you're just not say gonna look, you know, Well, you have your hair, and I don't, yeah. so you're... you're but, but, but you got eyebrows, you know, so... <laughs> you know, this is great. You, you, he said something to me about my eyebrows. You liked them. Yeah, eyebrows. I mean, these old Indian goddesses, you know, really, <laughs> That's what I want to be. The eyes and, you know... I've always gone from the Indian goddess look when I go into the uh, yeah, spa. That's what I... That's I hold your, up a picture of, you know... That's the old baby power. Like me, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good to know. All right. We're, now we know why we have him on as a guest. He's a funny guy. So, uh, so let's let's talk about your your very beginning. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in a little town in uh, India called Nagpur. Okay. Uh, at the time, it was in uh, Madhya Pradesh, but it's in Maharashtra. Miss Madhya Pradesh now is Maharashtra. Okay. So my maternal grandfather was the Accountant General of MP. So my mom went there, and I don't remember anything of the city, but that's where I was born. But that's where you born. How long were you there? Uh, I wasn't there very long, I think. I was just enough to get enough strength to move, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then you crawled out of there. Yeah, I just sort of don't have these memories of looking outside my crib and <laughs> I don't go back to the bar. Your memory. When is your first memory? When is your continuous memory? You know, I, I, when I was really small, I used to do something uh, somewhat strange. We had these you know, long playing discs and records and uh, before I could read, uh -huh. I could actually go and pick those up and tell you which artist it was. So my parents would actually say, hey, go get this song, and I'd go get that exact song and bring it out to the, uh, bring it out to the drawing room for guests uh, to look at. And I, for the life of me, I don't remember how I did you that. You were like a Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably some, some sort of texture in the 100 records or so we had I could figure out. What, what's, a, what's an example of a record? I mean, were these uh, Indian records? Indian, yeah, there were some okay. Indian records, some, you know, things like Cliff Richards. And yeah, I mean, old <laughs> what is up with Cliff Richards? Every, everyone in your generation, should I say your generation? See, my parents are older than yeah, you. Yeah, my yeah, parents yeah. are 70s. And they're no, no, older. no, it's because he was born in, like, India, Howrah or something. Cliff Richard was born in India? Yeah, he was born in, like, near Howrah in Calcutta. Yeah, that's that's why they're so into Cliff. Nithin, yeah. you're, you're nodding. Nithin's a producer of the show, and so uh, yeah. and we have Stacy in the room, too. I may as well acknowledge her. She's, yeah. she's here, too. So we got a, got a yeah. party going on here. So this is going to be a long show if you start at Cliff Richard. So. Yeah, we better, we better move forward through Cliff Richard. And we should probably, and that's a good time, actually, to tell you that we're brought to you. Let me at least announce our sponsors. This is important. We would not be sitting here right now if it weren't for Atlas Hospitality. It is due to their hospitality. They're the undisputed leader in California hotel sales unrivaled market knowledge and high reputed services they are a must-have resource so please check them out at atlashospitality.com high glow jewelers uh, the online destination for all of your needs 22 karat jewelry are uh, your favorite brands like omega mont blanc did i say that right i think so and many others rado check them out at highglow.com and finally abacus the leading payroll provider since 1992 
employee uh, employee background searches. Hopefully, you employ you know you got to yeah. check out your employees, make yeah. sure they're not uh, up to no good. Yeah. Time and attendance sheets, and uh, HR support center, the whole thing. Check them out at payrollprovider.com. So uh, with that out of the way, we want to tell them a little bit about Home Union. Let's talk, look, we skipped ahead from Cliff Richard to, to Home Union in case yeah, you're just joining us. So. a big chasm in between. There's there. a lot. You know. a, big, uh, a big cliff, a big cliff and chasm. I've talked about my you know, high school years and stuff. But, yeah. uh, well, did you go to high school here? No, no, in no back, back in India. Okay, so, when did you leave India? Uh, early 80s, actually. Okay, early 80s, and you came here? I came to the U.S. I went to business school uh, at Wharton. Okay. And then uh, worked in tech for several years, lived in New York, and moved to... Southern California and the palm trees and uh, never went back. I think you are like Trump then because Wharton, New York City, real estate. I Maybe you are Donald Trump. Yeah, no, you you know, could be the real thing. My investors would kick me out. I mean, <laughs> we did the stock just stop, stop that comparison right yeah, there. We'll, we'll, we'll quit that. We'll quit I, that. I don't have the lips. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I have the eyebrows. you gotta, you got to have something, yeah, okay? Yeah. So that's good. So tell me about uh, Home Union, finally. So, you know, Home Union uh, is, is, uh, is an interesting company. I mean, it's probably the one we've done uh, that's closest to, you know, adding value to the individual uh, investor or the individual person that's looking to save and, and build wealth. So Home Union is an online real estate investment platform, and the mission of the company is to democratize real estate investments. So, okay. And provide, you know, uh, good yields, mm -hmm and asset accumulation for people in various stages of their lives, right? So if you look at, uh, you know, real estate, everyone sort of knows, and Trump's a good example of it, uh, that you can make a lot of money with real estate. Sure. Um, the problem with real estate is it's got a high barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, you know, sort of like Hotel California, sometimes you can check in any time, but you can never get out. Never leave, right. But they, even this, you can't even check in. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. That's right. So, right. Uh, so what we've done is we've taken a playbook out of the stock market and the bond market saying, what if we made it just as easy for investors to invest in real estate as they would buy stocks and bonds? So wow. uh, the home union motto is, you know, you invest, we do the rest. So we provide you with a set of decision support tools uh, so where you can look at your risk, you look at your returns. So you're not really worried about, you know, which house you're buying in Chicago, okay. sitting in L.A., but you give us your financial goals, your preferences, and what we do with that is we give you a set of assets that match that. So you might say, I have X amount to invest. There are certain properties that fit that model. Um, you know, we take neighborhoods and classify them from A plus to D. Okay. So we work in A plus to C. We don't go to D neighborhoods. Okay. Uh, these are ratings that already exist out there? That, that we've created. Oh, that you've created. So, so okay. think of it as a bond rating, right? Triple okay. A down. Sure. Uh, at the low end, think of it as a low cap stock, right? You can okay. get in with less money. At the high end, it's a higher end stock where, you know, you're gonna you're gonna need more money to get right. in, and it's not gonna have as much yield. You're gonna play for growth. So, a good example is if you buy an eight hundred thousand dollar condo in Southern California, it's gonna rent for thirty five hundred dollars. If you buy a hundred ten thousand dollar house in Chicago, it's gonna rent for fourteen hundred dollars. Right. So you could, in the thesis is you can buy seven of these homes, get you know, $1,900 in rent instead of 3000 and be diversified and not be in one economy. Okay, so is this, am I buying into, let's say I'm going to do it. You, right? you, you own the title. Okay, so I own the title to that property. To all it's seven. It's not a co-op. To all seven, yes. Today, okay. Today, today uh, the first version of the business is you own title to all seven, and there's a certain, um, you know, sort of security for investors knowing that they have an actual asset that they have recourse to. And it's not sort of Bernie Madoff at the other end of that saying, you know, at any point this thing could go kaput. You right. know? And uh, and they 
worst case, if, if the data is right, they own an asset and they can sell it and, and get value at some point and hopefully it's all increasing in value. And so I would, if I came to you or I came to the site rather, right. so I, it's all online, all online. .com, all online. go on and then I can, and if I don't need to know much about real estate, That's I just correct. know what I know correct. and I say I've got a certain amount of money correct. and then you do some kind of background check or you do some sort of credit check and then I go on there and I say, look, I have, let's say $800,000 to play with. Right. And do I put a certain amount down? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. Here's or it's like buying a mortgage. Yeah, it's like it's like a mortgage. So here, okay. so the government, you know, Freddie and Fannie and the government agencies give you up to ten loans to buy investment homes. Okay. So this is very unique, right? So you this don't. This is true for everyone. This is true for everyone okay. if you qualify, right? Okay. So you right. get a roughly four and a half percent, thirty-year loan to go buy investment homes. Uh -huh. Nobody gives you a four and a half year, thirty percent loan to go buy Apple or Google stock, right? Right. So this makes it much more universal, you know, for people to come in and sure. say, okay, you know, I can put 30, 40 grand down and I can own a $120,000 house and it's gonna give me some decent monthly income. Now what happens is if you, if you multiply that and you start doing this every few months, every few years, over a period of time, now you've got a bunch of assets that the rent is paying for the mortgage and when they get paid off, you get huge cash flow. So. Sure. You know, different types of people come to us, right? So there are retirees who need yield today. Sure, you know, sure. they don't have much yield. They need income, sure. <clears throat> they have need income, they don't have much income in their portfolio. So they're like, okay, you know, I have money in my IRA, I want to invest into real estate, my IRA is doing nothing, it's laying eggs, not the nest egg. But they have, yeah, you got not the nest egg, yeah, exactly. Right? Right. Um, and so they, they, they invest out of the IRA into a self-directed IRA and buy real estate, returns come in tax-free to the IRA. Or they may just invest and say, I need a high yield property because I need yield. We've got young people, you know, um, that are coming in saying, you know, I have enough disposable income to buy so many of these every six months. And so I want to stack up on a bunch of these and when they get paid off and I'm 45, all of a sudden I got a bunch of properties that are throwing out cash and uh, it's giving me financial freedom. And is it good for both ends of the spectrum? Both, both ends. Okay. And, and, and the classic one are sort of mass affluent people who have money in Wall Street and they're like, I don't like the sequence risk, right? I mean, the market's up, it's down, um, <clears throat> and I, I want to diversify. And real estate has like a negative 20% correlation to the market. So it is truly a diversified asset for sure. these people. Sure. So they would like to then take some of their money and put it into something that's non-correlated with the stock market. Mm -hmm. And again, real estate's a good place. So all of these sort of constituencies want to invest, but there isn't an easy way for them to consume real estate. Of course. And that's what we do. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So what about the things about worrying about if I, okay, if I take $800,000, I buy a place here and not to live in, it's not a primary residence, but it's, <clears throat> I live in Studio City and I buy something down the street. I know it, I can see it, yeah. whatever. What about that concern of going, well, oh, this thing's all the way in Chicago? It's, it's only in the States, right? Yes. Okay. Today it's only in the States. Now okay. we manage all aspects of it, right? Okay. So let me, so. When you're in the stock market, you don't say, I need to live in Atlanta to buy Coke stock, right? I mean, it's not true. What are you talking about? So in real estate, the fact that the property is close to you doesn't mean it's safe. It just means that you know something about it. Sure. And that's what makes you makes you feel it's safe because 
you know, you've seen it, you know it, you know the neighborhood, but it's not necessarily the best investment you could make with your money. This is like a Bronx tale. <clears throat> you ever see that movie with the Chaz Palminteri? He talks about having to be in the neighborhood. He needs to be close to what's going on. He's a mob boss. Yeah. Maybe you are, Don, Don Gongoli. Don is kind of a... Uh, that's true. Maybe, I that's, mean, maybe, that's uh, maybe I'm Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're Robin Hood. That's right, but you're, you're, uh, you're feeding the poor. I'm feeding, feeding everybody that's that right. needs to be fed. Uh, um, I'm, I'm on board. So, so to answer, to answer your question, it doesn't. You don't have to be close. To no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So, what we do is from taking your preferences, selecting the assets that match it, we acquire them for you on your behalf. Mm -hmm. So, we have uh, not only the analytics and the data and the decision sciences. We have employees on the ground in all the locations where we source assets. Okay. We have management on the ground in all these all these places. So, we acquire the asset for you. We renovate the asset. We manage it for you. We do, we do the full, you know, soup nuts, and when you get ready to sell it, we can trade it on the platform to another another investor. Right, and there's a built-in, there's a market. Really there's a built-in market. So all you really have to do is qualify for a loan or have proof of funds and have an idea of how, you know, what real estate's going to do to your money. Why are you here? Example, a lot of doctors come to us because they see their income going down because of various healthcare, mm -hmm. you know, situations. So they're like, I know in 15 years my income's going to go down. So right now, if I buy a bunch of assets, I pay them off in 15 years, I can get that supplement. While I have the money. While and I have then, the money. Sure. So I don't need money for the next 15 years, so I don't need properties giving me a bunch of cash, but as long as I can pay for a bunch of them, and the mortgage keeps me, and the rent keeps me whole on the mortgage, then I'm pretty much done. Sure. So it's different strokes for different folks, but it's, it's really something there for everyone. And when I look at something like this, I wish I had you know, started doing this in my 20s. Sure. Because you know, by the time you reach a certain age, you could be earning thousands of dollars that are backed up by real, you know, real right. assets. It's a real asset. It's a real, it's a real thing. Yeah. And people who get it do it, but most people know about it but can't get to it. So, and, and you're t that's your barrier to entry. Yeah. So, yeah. are you the first? Are you the only? I mean, you know, you mentioned you wish you could have done this before. Obviously, the internet wasn't there when you. I'm not going to say how long ago <laughs> that was for you, but obviously, this didn't exist then. I mean, or, or who are your competitors in the market? So, you, you know, no, no, I mean, yeah. so, you know, the, the problem with this business also is that, you know, you got these people with shiny white teeth that get on television and, and say that you can I'm come. I'm getting my teeth whitened in two yeah. weeks. So you are? Not, yeah. Contrast well with yeah. your eyebrows. It, it'll yeah. mask my, uh, the whites in my eyes, yeah. exactly. Access. So that's, that's what you really that, look That's for. pretty good look. You that's a good look. It'd be very bright, yeah. You put that in his logo. His yeah, teeth, that's, his eyebrows. Um, and, yeah, absolutely. The bald you know, head. I've got a lot of, uh, I think you need a couple of earrings, maybe. Mr. Clean. Russell Peters got something to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. I'll come it up behind him. Not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So, um, you know, when you, when you look at real estate uh, as an asset class, you're, you're really, you know, you're really trying to sort of depersonalize it for people. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, most people are hung up on, okay, well, that house looks like this, this house looks like this. What we're trying to do is say, don't worry about the house, because we bring everything up to a home union home. So think of it as a pre-certified Lexus. Yeah, so, so the, the housekeeping stamp yeah, of approval. That's right, but mm -hmm. which means our, our paint, paint's one way, the carpet's one way, there's a certain kind of dishwasher, there's a certain, you know, uh, a certain set of appliances mm -hmm. that are in the house. So you, you, every renter, which is, by the way, our, our second customer, uh, is, is somebody that we want to cater to because they want to live in a home union home. Mm -hmm. So you as an investor, your money comes from the renter, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we want, to, want that renter to be happy and they're living in a home of a certain standard. So we do both of those types of things. And so you, do you get the renters for us? We do, we do the whole thing. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's a huge part yeah. of it. So sure. that's what I'm saying. You do, you do the contracts with them and the whole thing. We do the contract. We manage it. We do the day-to-day -day management. We 
show up at 2 mm when there's a leak in the faucet. I mean, you know, all, all of that stuff is done through our property management operations. Okay. Uh, right. You give us approvals on what we can spend uh, with or without your approval. Uh, but by and large, you know, we want to reduce the friction and reduce the touch points um, for an investor to have to buy real estate. You know? so, so talk more about the shiny white teeth people. So. The, the shiny white, the yeah. shiny white teeth people get on television and say, if you have ten cents, you can go buy real estate with no money down, and here's how you do it, and you can make a lot of money doing it. The problem with that is this is not a get-rich-quick scene. You know, it's not like you buy this distressed asset on this, some swamp in Florida, and then all of a sudden it's going to become a mansion in Beverly Hills tomorrow. It, it right. won't. In fact, when you go to sell it, it'll only be the swamp, right? Or maybe you'll get an alligator as a, you know. Yeah, as a bonus, that, that walks into Walmart. Did like you see a, that white alligator that went to Walmart down in Florida? Well, I, I saw an octopus inside a tennis ball or something. I didn't know that's what I heard about. Uh, that's true, though. An yeah. octopus and a tennis ball? Yeah, a small octopus and a tennis ball. Right? How did they get him this? In fact, ball. I saw it on the tennis channel, the tennis.com. Yeah, I'm a big tennis fan, too. Yeah. So. yeah. Do you know Djokovic just lost, right? He just lost. Yeah, that's no joke. It's in his first game. Yeah. Anyway, really I don't want to You know the first person I ever did stand up for? This is really true with Pete Sampras. When he was number one tennis player in the world, first time I ever did stand up was in a clear locker room for Pete Sampras. Did you really? Yeah, so there's a little did, tennis tidbit. Did he laugh or win afterwards? He, he, he laughed. He, it was after his match, so we have no idea if it put him in a good mood yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you won before that. He probably laughed more. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably so, when you're laughing. So you're right? asking who does it. So right. seriously, on the one hand, you have these uh, folks that are on uh, on on on, on TV, TV giving Then you've got local developers that are getting properties and saying, "Here's a bunch of properties, and here's a property manager. You know, buy these properties, and such and such will manage it for you." The problem is, you need one throat to choke, right? I mean, this business, you don't want to run around and say, "Okay, I bought the property from this guy. That other guy is managing it." And oh, by the way, that guy is a three-person shop. He just went away, and I got to go find some property manager in Charlotte. Look after my property. This is the exact reason why people don't invest. Yeah, that's that's so, very exactly um, right. sure. We have that's kind of uh, what we see, and then there are a few companies that are coming up that are have taken uh, you know looked at our success and are now raising money trying to do the same thing. But you know we've been at this um, for a little while. You know we we raised our Series A uh, at the end of 2013, and so it took us a couple of years to build the platform, the infrastructure to do all of this. So. It's sort of non-trivial if you think it's like a little bit like an Amazon because on the front end is all the self-help and, and mm -hmm. you know and the assets and how do you find them and how do you match them and mm -hmm. there's an asset recommendation engine and so all this preference matching, inventory, your risks, all of that. But once you pull the trigger, we have customer service along the way. Mm -hmm. But once you pull the trigger, then you know the whole fulfillment engine, just like Amazon, has logistics, right? So they're shipping stuff to you and. 24 hours, and that's what makes the brand experience so good. And you want to return something, they return it to you, and in a day you can you get your money back. So we're sort of like that in the sense that on the one hand, we've got to make it easy for the investor to select and acquire, but then the whole management aspect of it, we use technology just like they do, but it's a lot of logistics and operational stuff behind sure. the scenes. So it takes a little while to build all of that up, sure. which we have now. Um, so we think we've got you know, good barrier to entry for anybody trying to come in. So my, my wife and I are thinking about, and this is a live stream, so there is an Amazon package on the porch. This is a great thing about the show. I can just tell her, just go outside, get the package. You can, you can see me and you can comment back, let me know you got it. She and I are thinking about buying a place. And I actually just posted this on Facebook a couple days ago. Mm. And it was a coincidence with this interview. I said, is buying a home worth it? Mm. And I said, don't write that mm. define worth it. You define it. Mm. You define what worth it is. Mm. And a lot of engagement, a lot of people saying, overall the consensus was yes. Mm. But 
Are we on the precipice of a bubble? Is it possible to even know that? What can you tell us about the current real estate market? And give us some statistics. I think we were talking when I first sat down. Historical, kind of where we are in terms of the renting and so, you know, first of all, I think real estate overall uh, is not in a bubble. It's uh, increasing steadily. I don't think we see any dramatic increases. I think there are certain markets <clears throat> that are very hot, like the Bay Area. I mean, it's uh, extremely hot and prices are going very quickly. There are parts of New York, uh, there are places like Austin and Charlotte, a few areas that we're seeing. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's to do with the structural piece of where the employment in the country is, right? Sure. You've got a lot of jobs that are service jobs and, uh, and, and those types of jobs that are not very high paying. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's where a lot of the employment has gone and you know where some of the beef is today. And there are a lot of jobs at the high end, the top 15, 20% that live in these areas that we talked about, technology, <clears throat> comedians like you, you know, mm -hmm. that are making big bucks. Of you course, know. I mean, you know. You know, there's no limit, right? There's and, no limit. Uh, and, and, you know. uh, it, it can increase the velocity of jokes and, you know, yes. four dollars per joke. I don't even have any hair to hold me back. I'm just right. aerodynamic yeah, like you that. You can do that ad with, the, you know, the music just going past Just you. right past the so, uh, but, headroom here. But uh, what we have there really is that, you know, a lot of the millennials that came out, you know, in that tough period are mm -hmm. not wanting to buy. Well, they don't have jobs. They don't have jobs, or, or they have, uh, you know, they're underemployed. They're, they're yeah. master's degrees, and they're not earning what they're earning. They're marrying later, and and they're they're starting households later, mm -hmm. and they are buying later. You mm -hmm. know, than the baby boomers. Everything's delayed. <clears throat> Everything's delayed. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the house market, forty plus percent used to be first-time buyers. Today, that number is under thirty percent. Okay, so in the give me nineties or yeah, even you know ten years back, forty okay. forty percent were first-time buyers. Okay. Now that number is under 30%. In okay. the overall house, in the six and a half million or so homes that we sell a year, under 30% are first time buyers, right? 20% of the transaction investment buyers, which is who we cater to and who of we course. are spending. In the 90s, 25% of new households that were formed, like you went left your parents' home or you started a mm -hmm. new household, <clears throat> you know, 20, you know, 25% rented, okay. the rest of them bought. So 75% bought, 25% yeah. rent. So, so, so I leave my parents' <coughs> house and I, I want to go start a household, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that, so 75% of the 90s were, were buying. That's okay. right. That okay. number went to 45% started renting in the 2000s decade. From 25 to 45. And in this decade, 62% are renting, Jeez, right? That's insane. So what we're seeing is, you know, the parents are no longer telling their kids that, hey, go buy a house. Go buy a place, yeah. And, and the millennials are like, look, uh, I want mobility. I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't want to be stuck in a house. Uh, than a mortgage and I got to do something with it. I'm, I'm not interested in that. And, and there's a certain amount of job insecurity, right? So if, if I have 50 grand in the bank, am I going to take 30 grand and put it down in the house? Or am I going to want to save that for a rainy day if I have some issues? Sure. So, and it's the same thing with a lot of the baby boomers that got busted during the, the mortgage boom, right? And they're like... Well, they busted up the whole world, yeah, so it's their so, fault. But yeah. yeah, but they're like, uh, they're coming back and saying... <laughs> yeah. But, that, but that's, those are the bankers, right? And those are the bankers, yeah. Don't you listen to Bernie Sanders? I do. It's all B. It's Bernie, baby boomers, bankers, yeah. Bankers, right? Something on that. It's, triple, so. it's just like a triple B bond. Triple B bond, yeah. So so an average, average. triple A, exactly. So, you know, that's sort of the trend. And, uh, you know, it's the same trend you're seeing in the country. There are... There's a group of people who have more money and whose wages are... Billionaires, speaking of no, these. No, not just yeah. billionaires. You know, yeah. Even tech entrepreneurs. <clears throat> sure. Right? No, for sure. I mean, you know, what we have to pay to get talent in this, in, in mm -hmm. this industry, huge demand, right? I mean, Google buses all their employees, and not all, a lot of their employees from San Francisco 
to uh, Mountain View because, uh, you know, these kids want to live in the city. Oh, I know. So, I just did a talk at Google. I talked to a lot of them who take the shuttle from yeah. all over the Bay Area, but they love, love going down to the city. Yeah, so the point is that if, if, they, if they didn't have the bus, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. They'd work for some other company in the city. So there's fierce competition, and guess what? This drives up wages at that level. But then you've got another person with a degree, uh, with a master's in some arts or history or some other thing, working at you know, 18, 20 bucks an hour somewhere else, uh, and they're not going to be able to afford a house anytime soon, right? So you've got that sort of different dichotomy going on, and, and as a result of that, there are a lot more renters. And if you look at construction, most of the housing is at the high end. So if you go to an apartment construction, where are they? They're in the Miracle Mile. They're it's all, true. It's all high construction. True. So where are the middle sort of income people going to go? And that's where they're going to the standard housing stock. So in this industry, vacancies are like sub 5%. So it makes it a great investment. It's like unemployment. Yeah. Right. So, so is, is this all to say that you don't need to live in what you own? You don't need to be own your primary residence. You can rent yeah. and still, you, what would be your recommendation to someone like that? In my position, I, I just sold my house. It was in Cincinnati. It's still there, but I don't own it anymore. My tenant bought it, which is great. Now uh, my wife and I are looking to buy. Should we invest or should we buy a place? As much as I'd like to serve myself here. And, and <laughs> no, say, yeah, please. Yeah, give, give, me, give me the money. And, no, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Give me the money and don't give sure. me the jokes, but you know. <laughs> yeah. You can build a house of jokes, yeah. you know. Type. But uh, house of cards, yeah. House of cards, exactly. Uh, so uh, I think it depends on your tax bracket, right? Okay. I mean, so it depends on what, what you're, if you're, if you're, if you are in a certain tax bracket, then it doesn't make a lot of sense to buy, you know, to rent a big house and pay that much in, in taxes. If you're not in that tax bracket and you're really looking for an investment, then you're going to ask the question whether, you know, if I'm going to spend $50,000, is a house in LA the right thing to do? Or do I, should I buy a home in Cincinnati or Columbus or Charlotte or someplace and have it give me a certain amount of income and let that pay for my rent? A lot of people in places like Australia and Germany do things like that. In, in Australia, 50% of the market is uh, investors, people buying investment properties. 50%? 50%, it's huge. What's that number here? Uh, you know, it's it's less here. I mean, twenty percent of annual transactions are investor transactions. Okay, so, so that's pretty big. Yeah. yeah, it's a big number. But you know, you got sixteen million investment homes out of a total stock of one hundred and ten. So it's not a bad number, but it's it is a low number because of the reason we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to get into, mm -hmm. and so our goal is to make that to make easy, it easy make to, it to, make make it easy. to democratize. So I don't know if I answered your question, but if you if you're going to buy a high end house and and you're going to have a big uh, rental nut then you're better off you know, buying that and, and taking the tax break on it and letting that property appreciate and getting you sure. something. But if you're going to not buy something like that and you're looking at buying a condo, you're better off renting mm -hmm. and then using that money and investing it around the country and then letting that cash flow mm -hmm. help you out. So, so th this is fantastic. I, I feel like I have a much better idea of what this is. And it's a pretty difficult thing to explain. And done it wonderfully, which is why you started it, I'm sure. Let's talk a little bit about starting it. Um, what, how old were you? Because this is a show for entrepreneurs and, you know, trying to get to that very beginning of launching this idea, what was it like? Tell me, you know, trace that, that process for me, uh, roughly when was it? What you, know, was we're, uh, you know, I think it was about four or five years ago and, you know, we had a startup before this which was in the real estate finance space and we really were, we had a sort of ringside seat to the feeding frenzy and the mortgage boom and, sure. and the bust afterwards. So this is about 2011. Yeah, and, okay. and, and so when we looked at this, we said, hey, you know, looks like a lot of people are getting kicked out of houses, six million people, they're gonna rent because they wanna live in houses and 
you know, the child doesn't know whether dad owns or, or rents, and but they're used to living in the house now. Right. So when we looked at that market, that's when we started looking at and saying, gee, this is a fairly large market, very suboptimal, very local, mm -hmm. very fragmented, uh, not enough information. So we sort of had an Uber moment. You know, people are hailing these taxi cabs and they don't know how to get them, really. Right. Why don't I make it easy for them to get transportation? So we were saying, people are buying, so it's, we're not creating this market, right? I mean, Uber didn't create the transportation market. People were hailing cabs. They just expanded it. So we, when you're drunk in a bar, you can call Uber and yeah, seven nights a week. So, I mean, yeah. so I'm sure they yeah. expanded beer sales or whatever it is as part of this. Well, but so, that is what happens because when you call an Uber or a Lyft, what happens is you go out and you think, okay, now I need to drink enough to justify, right. justify the, the, the ride home. Otherwise, yeah. I would have totally, yeah. I would have driven. So if I was, uh, you know, Glenlivet or you know one of these things, I'd probably take a stake in Uber, right? I mean, absolutely, actually, actually helping my cause completely. What so, so you know, we had that moment, and uh, and we said, look. So if he can make it transparent and easy and, and make real estate investing as simple as investing in stocks and bonds, then you know it's something that people are always want to do. And you know, it's borne out so far. The interesting thing is we we thought we would disrupt this existing market of people buying locally. And they're coming to us, but a lot of people that are coming to us haven't invested in real estate before. They're like, we always wanted to do this, but it's such a pain in the neck business, um, now we can do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I, I don't want to go through any of the hassles, but I want to own real estate. So, Pain in the neck. One throat to choke. That's right. That's good. I like that. One throat to choke. You need to get to that person who's accountable. That's right. That's really that's what it's not about. That's what the doctors would want you to say as an analogy. But, I mean, I but hey, but yeah. no, you'll give them business. You choke someone's throat, the person has to go to the hospital. Yeah. Doctors get business. That's so right. it, it's kind of a, so a, a rising doctor, tide. Doctors, liquor companies. You know, uh, everyone. It's a rising tide. Let's all vote. So right. this is great. Um, so what was the first thing? we we got to wrap up soon because we're coming up on uh, on 30 minutes. But... What was the first thing you did then? I mean, you recognized this, this um, you had your Uber moment, you did what? You, did you start local, did you start down no, here? No, what we did is we, we actually raised a little seed money, put in some money ourselves, and, and you know, we created a little portal, and we went to one or two places where people had ready properties, mm -hmm. and we marketed, and we found people were buying. So, you know, we wanted to test the hypotheses, sure. which is would people buy remotely if they had enough information, mm -hmm. if they felt comfortable with it, if they could trust you. And we found that you know, if as long as we provided the data and these were performing properties, and people would come in and they were making the purchase, so we said, hey, the model works. Mm -hmm. So then we went out and raised money, but now we need the bucks to build, a, you know, the whole infrastructure sure. and the platform and all of it. So that that was, uh, you know, anything you do, you know, in, in today's world, you've got to test it out somewhere, right? If it's a sure. twinkle, twinkle in your eye, and yeah, uh, in your eye, white eyes, white, white eyes. Yeah. It, it's true. I, we, at P, I used to work at P and G, uh, Procter and Gamble, and that was that was the motto. It was you know make a little, uh, what was it? Make a little, settle a little, learn a lot. That's right. And you know you start small and you scale. That's right. That's, that's really that's exactly right. You, you got, you and, and you know, and you see some of the corner cases. You see some mistakes you could make. Sure. Uh, and then from there, you you sort of. You know, the, the new word is pivot. The old word is I screwed up. Yeah, that's what I say. I say pivot is just a modern word for fail. Yeah. Like if people are like pivoted, no, you, you know, fail. And, and, and the, yeah. the VCs are what kind of businesses? You haven't even pivoted three times in the last year. So right. Clearly, you must not be taking enough chances. No, absolutely. In the old days, it was like, how many times have you screwed up already? And no, it's totally. like, it's all changed. It's like tennis. The more you, uh, uh, if you're never double faulting, you're not serving hard. Yeah, no, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. 100%. Nothing. So pivoting and, you know, talking about insecurities and, and how businesses can and, and fail, you know, and what the economy is doing. How does it feel as an entrepreneur to be responsible for a lot of the, the jobs? 
You know, you you really are a lot in the moment. You know, it's like asking, uh, taking an Indian analogy, uh, asking a sitar player, saying, "How do you feel with this audience in front of you?" and and you're playing the sitar, and the sitar player, you know, although the audience is there, I mean, part of flow is being in that moment, right? Sure. I mean, and, and even uh, Western scientists have talked, spoken of flow. Flow is, you know, what we in the East call immersion, right? So when you when you're immersed, you're not thinking of the outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like one of the things we have here is make the free throw. So what is, you know, Kobe Bryant retiring today, right? Yeah, so, so good, today. good point is, you know, when Kobe Bryant is an 85% free throw shooter, you've got Kobe and you've got, let's say, another rookie. Both are 85% free throw shooters. One second left in the game, two free throws to make. Why does Kobe make it? Why doesn't the rookie make it? Yeah, he's got ice water on the veins. That's well, right. No, it's, it's ice That's, water because it's mm -hmm. just another free throw to right. The rookie is like, I miss it, we lose the game. Kobe's not thinking about it. Yeah. So immersion really is is just that. You don't think of you know how, how many ways you could screw this up, which you can. As an yeah, there's a lot of ways. And, and we do, up, and we yeah. do from time to time. Believe right. me, and we, we, the key is we correct ourselves. So you're just in that moment, and you're in that moment, and you're uh, you, you just do what is required for the business, and you act on a series of tasks. And uh, you know, another question people always ask you, well, what's the exit? I and mean, you don't mm -hmm. think of an exit. It's like Asking when are you going to die? So I don't yeah. know. You know, it's like yeah. when are you going to retire? You know, well, why do you think I'm, about that? Yeah, I'm just going to keep doing this till you know something good happens to it. So, um, so that's that's sort that's of awesome. that's what we we try to tell our folks. It's a value system in the company. You know, the other one that we say is it's your mother on the phone. So think think of the investor as the mother. And if you would do something to your mother, we don't want you in this company. If you'd lie to your mom, you know, you're you're not, you're not for us. That's so, true. Well, my mom's the first one to comment on all my Facebook statuses, right. so she's, I'm sure, watching this right she now. Was like I can the first always, one to join. Uh, she's the first one to join. I can always count on at least an audience of one. You should have her have a bunch of different personas. That's a bunch of different profiles. Yeah, so even like 15, 20 people. That would be Bernie Madoff. That, that would be a Bernie Madoff situation to be this horrible spring of this. So let's run through these questions, because we wrote them, and I want to just very quickly kind of rapid fire. Um, being Indian helps you, hurts you. I think today it helps you because uh, Indian entrepreneurs are recognized as someone that's frugal, is not going to come into work in a Rolls Royce, and, <laughs> you know, have, has a good brand of the analytical and, and an understanding. Most of us are engineers and, or reformed engineers. Yeah. Like myself. What kind? Uh, mine was metallurgical. Uh, maybe material. too. No way. Material science. Yeah, I was a material science engineer. Does that mean I could be a comedian too? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it gives you material. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. In a scientific way. In a scientific way. Don't, just don't steal mine. Get it? Steal. No, no, no. Metallurgy joke. So, okay. um, I think it's a positive. I think uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, I was seeing some stats of, you guys had some stats of mm -hmm. what percentage of businesses are started by Indians. and uh, So I, I think there's yeah. a good brand there today, being Indian. Uh, I, I think. absolutely think so. In one word, what are you? I think I'm a creative stream of consciousness guy, I'm an entrepreneur, oh, wow. which is what an entrepreneur is. I mean, I think that's what drives me. Uh, you know, people that write books, people, you know, draw paintings, and I think for us, People like us, we like to create companies and, and do something meaningful. Yeah. Have you made it? I, I don't think you ever think of it that way, right? The moment you think of it that way, you're in immersion. You're done. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. I, mean, you know, I mean, this is a continuous journey and a set of milestones, and you keep going. It's, it's never ending. It's what they call Sanatan, right? No beginning, Sanatan, no beginning, no end. It just keeps going. Where, um, what's, what's your favorite time of day? Uh, I would say it's twilight. It's transition, right? If you wake up, you don't know if it's morning, if you don't know it's night, you just know it's in between. And I think uh, a lot of life is like that. We are in, we are in transition. We just don't know it. Right? We're, yeah. uh, we're going from one state to another state, and we're just 
in that mode. So I, I kind of like that time. That's awesome. I don't wake up that early, so otherwise I would have said dawn. Yeah, I was going to say, when you said that makes me feel good, because all these entrepreneurs say, oh, five in the morning, four in the morning. I go, I'm still in REM. Yeah, yeah, okay, I don't no, know. I, I but, don't, yeah, yeah, if I have to stay, if I have to get up tomorrow morning at six o'clock, I would just stay up. Yeah. I would not try to get up. Or go no to sleep way. now. Bro. Or go to sleep now and get up later. Get so. your fourteen hours. Of time, <laughs> fourteen yeah. hours of sleep. That's that, jokes. that is, yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, metallurgy. We got a lot, yeah, those, a lot of they're inspired. They're they're firing. Yeah. Well, what's, yeah. um, what was that joke? Uh, a photon walks into a hotel and. Uh, and then the clerk says, uh, "Why the long face? No, that's a horse joke. That's a horse joke. It's a horse in the bar." It says, uh, do, do, you, "Do you have any? Do you have any luggage to check?" And the photon says, "No, I'm traveling late." <laughs> so stupid. That's good. On that note, okay, we'll uh, we'll stop the we'll stop the questions. This is great. We could keep going, but we uh, you're an amazing, amazing interviewee. We really appreciate you joining us. I had memorized all of that. Yeah. I was gonna say we had, we'd already run this three times. You know? This is fully created places. Yeah, that's right. Fully scripted. Yeah, I know. When I need to be interviewed, we'll we'll come down. And have uh, okay. Mr. Gongoli do it. Uh, can, where can people find it? Homeunion.com. Is that Home, correct? Homeunion.com. That's it. You okay. Come to homeunion.com, check us out. You know, and uh, it's a homepage. It's a homepage. It's the homepage. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors one more time Atlas Hospitality, the undisputed leader in California hotel sales, unrivaled market knowledge, and high uh, reputed services, reputable services. Check them out at atlashospitality.com. Uh, Abacus, which is the leading payroll service provider since 1992. Uh, they do uh, time and talent. They do HR uh, service center, all this stuff. Check them out at payrollprovider.com. And finally, Heigler Jewelers, 22 karat jewelry gold. And Omega, Montblanc, I love saying that in the French way, if I said that right, Rado, and many others. Check them out at heiglo.com. Uh, anything else to add? I think we've I think we've covered it. We went we went. We were supposed to stop at thirty, but I couldn't stop. This is it was. No, like I mean I, I think you know one of your questions I think uh, that you always get get asked is you know what what advice would you have yeah. for entrepreneurs and I think it's an important one to put it out there. Is sure. That you can't do anything without real passion for an idea, and uh, I think the bigger the idea is, uh, the better off you are, and 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 so don't lose sight of that. Keep keep chasing it and the idea is good you may fall down 50 times but you got to go go make it happen get, so. up, get up 51 yeah that's, that's really right. that's really the key right yeah. so uh want to thank everyone thank you stacy for getting us in Nathan, the producer our sponsors our viewers my mom my wife who hopefully got the amazon.com package kobe bryant last day <laughs> Uh, happy Bengali New Year. I think well, we've, right. uh, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Nathan. Happy birthday. It's uh, confluence of so many things. So many things today, April uh, 13th, 14th, 14th, 13th. 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 That is the 13th yeah. today. All right, it's fine. The Wednesday, the 13th. I'm, li I'm having so much fun today. I lose track of the day. So uh, it's very taxing. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us on the industry show. I've been your host, Rajiv, and I still am. <laughs>